Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Bible is the book of Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 this morning. You guys ready for the word of God? Praise God. Some coffee over there if you're not awake yet. Joshua chapter 24. We're going to be in verse 14. This morning. Many of you guys know. A very famous giant. His name is Andre Rene. You guys ever heard him? Have heard of him? No? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to put up a picture up there. Um, pictured above um, is the late Andre Rene. If you guys can see how huge he is. Um, he's better known as Andre the Giant. He was a wrestler. Many people um, know him as that. He was a literal giant. He came in at 7 feet 4 inches tall. Um, weighed about 520 pounds, not 250, but 520 pounds. Um, it's a lot of a lot of weight. His size allowed him to drink an ungodly amount of beer, wine, and liquor. Um, it's just his tolerance, I believe. Legend has it that at one occasion he drank 102 beers, cans of beers, in 45 minutes. And another, he he um, he downed a dozen bottles of wine in about three hours. While he had a larger than typical um, tolerance for alcohol, the giant could and often did get rather drunk. I mean, after 102 cans of beer, you will get drunk. As the LA Weekly reported on the night of the Princess Bride, which is a movie that he came out of, Princess Bride's first script read through, a uh, read through. Andre got so drunk at the hotel bar that he passed out in the middle of the lobby. The hotel employees couldn't move him, couldn't do anything with it, with him. So the hotel employees, what they did is they put these velvet ropes. If you guys ever been to any type of fancy, uh, maybe a theater or a hotel, you've seen these red velvet ropes um, to guide lines. Well, they had to put that around him because he got so drunk he fell asleep right in the middle. So think about this. This man here. Seven foot four, 520 pounds in the middle of the hotel. It's almost like a like a exhibition at a museum. What happened was that the hotel had to tell everybody around the staff that they couldn't do anything because they didn't want to wake him up. They couldn't vacuum. They couldn't clean. They couldn't uh, make that many noises. If the guests came in, they had to be very, very quiet. And that's obviously a problem. For the hotel. And you can also think about how many times he will get in trouble because of that alcohol addiction and his size and how big he is and how it affected his decisions affected many of the people, not only related to him, but the people around him. I mean, could you imagine sitting next to that man in an airplane? The reason why I'm making this point this morning is because we look at him and we can think of all the issues and problems that a size, a man of his size or uh, his addiction can cause. 
But I want to tell you this morning, Christian, that this is very true spiritually. That if we allow ourselves to fall under the influence of sin, we affect the people around us and their future. You see this man laying on the floor and he's affecting the hotel staff. He's affecting the people around him. He's probably dishonoring his family or whatever you want to call it. But somewhere, listen, your decisions that you make daily not only affect your life. you got to think different. They affect your, um, your life, the people around you, the family that's related to you. Am I making sense this morning? Our decisions affect more people than what we think. This is true in our families. This is also true in our church. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. You can say amen when you're there. It says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15 and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled The Domino Effect this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, that you have given us to be here together as your church, as your people, God. God, I'm praying for your Holy Ghost to be here, God, influencing, Lord, our service. God, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth may penetrate hearts this morning, God. I trust you, Lord. I do not come in my talents or abilities, Father, but I hide behind your cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to start off with my first thought this morning, and that is life is made up by our decisions. Maybe you guys know life is what we make it. Life is what you make it this morning. We make decisions every day of our lives, and we need to understand what these decisions do to our lives. It either keeps things going or slows life down. There are light decisions and there are heavy decisions you make in life. You woke up this morning, and you were debating or thinking, which tie should I wear? What shirt should I wear? How would I do my hair? What color of makeup should I wear regardless of what uh, light decision and that's an everyday life thing but there's also heavy decisions should I go to a party with my worldly friends should I speak to this woman even though I'm married should I flirt with this person all these different things that you can go on and on should I call my friends that I know um, have open doors to sin there's light decisions there's heavy decisions, but our decisions affect a lot more than just us. Can I tell you this morning, church, your decisions affect more than just you. Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Can I tell you how you build an inheritance? It's a series of good decisions. It's a series of good moral decisions, good financial decisions, good uh, spiritual decisions, good physical decisions, and all these different things. Church, you build an inheritance by making right decisions. When you make decisions, the way you should be thinking is, how is this going to affect my kids? How is this going to affect 
my grandkids, I know that's hard to think, right? Your grandchildren one day. But how are my decisions today going to affect them? That's how you build an inheritance. See, what we allow to influence us will influence your decisions. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. This is what we always say, you must guard your hearts. You must, you must be vigilant of what comes into your heart, what, what you're watching, what you're hearing, who you're listening to, where you're going in life affects the way you think, which essentially affects the way you make decisions in life. The issue in our scripture this morning is that the Israelites will turn to the gods of their fathers. We read it in Joshua. It says, you always turn to your father's gods. If we can just go there, Joshua chapter 24, um, verse 14. says, now therefore fear, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Check this out. It says, put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. This idea of your father's gods, it has to do with decisions that were made by your parents. Decisions that were made by people who you're related to. And this is not only true for your life. You're not only affected by your parents' life. But you as an adult and as a parent, as a leader, as an older sibling, uh, affect people who are under you, who are around you. Am I making sense this morning? The issue in our scripture it's a difficult thing because somewhere it's almost like their culture. Many of you guys have a culture this morning. Your family does things certain ways. They do certain things. Right now we're in the season, uh, in the holiday season, right? There's certain things that your, your family does every, every Christmas. For example, my family will turn up the music real loud and they start dancing and they start drinking and they start eating a bunch of food. And that's just tradition. That's culture. That's, that's just what they do. And somewhere, if you're not careful, you begin to worship those very same gods. You begin to make the same decisions they make. You begin to fall into the same steps that they step. The sins, decisions of the previous generation have opened a door that affect the next generation. You know, there's a wise man who said, when God says today, the devil says tomorrow. That somewhere the devil is thinking also about your inheritance. He's thinking, how can I influence? How can I affect people uh, in, in their thoughts? And how can I affect their children? You might ignore your children today, but the devil doesn't. I want to move on to my second point this morning. And that is that you don't l just live for yourself. Turn to your neighbor tell them, don't live for yourself. I want to say this this morning. It is a very ignorant thing to think that the way you live doesn't affect the people around you. It is a very ignorant way to think, to say, you know what, my decisions are my decisions. My life is my life. I'm just going to do me. I'm not, I don't care about everybody else. It's very ignorant. Because regardless if you believe it or not, it is true that what you do affects people around you. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18 says this, says the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You should have shouted for hallelujah right there. He said, hallelujah, Jesus, thank you. Forgiven iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, 
visiting the iniquity, check this out, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Your relationship will be affected by your decisions. Your family, you will create these elements of inheritance. You will create dynamic of discipleship. Your son, your daughter will want to grow up and be like you. Or you will create generational curses. You will create absence. You will create loss of credibility. No leadership. You will create a hindrance towards their destiny. And that's just your family. You also have your friends. You know, many times it's, it's, it's not fair that we want people around us that are not fake. You ever heard people say that? I don't want people fake around me. I want people who are, that are going to be my friends. I preached on this a while back. If you want people like that, then you're going to have to live that way. You're going to have to be that friend. You're going to have to make decisions that are good for your friends. And otherwise, man says, out of the mouth of babes comes words that we shouldn't have said in the first place. You think about that. You know, we blame many times our children for so many things, right? Can I tell you they're just soaking up things from you? Can I tell you that they're just watching you live? They see the decisions you make. They see your frustration. They see, they see the way you react. They see the way, you know, that you treat the um, services. They see the way that you treat God. And then when they grow up and they do something, they do the same thing as you, somewhere you're going to have to realize it's my life. It's my decisions. I make what I want out of it. Your family and friends will either benefit or be hindered by your choices. Adam and Eve, you see, under the, uh, under the influence of, of Satan and begins to affect every single one of us this morning. What about Noah and his decision to get drunk? Drunk and naked, it caused God's rebuke on his children. I mean, think about that. It's his, it was his choice to drink. But then he finds himself naked. And here you have his son, Ham, who is gonna, who's working with him. And that's, that's, you know, that, that's just sees him naked. And God rebukes him for exposing him. But if he wouldn't have gotten drunk in the first place, he wouldn't have put his children in that position. You can speak about Judas selling Jesus under the influence of the devil, under the influence of greed. Begins to affect his life, affects Jesus' life. It begins to affect the disciples' life because of a simple decision. What about you this morning? As you think back into your life, as you begin to look at your decisions, how's that, how's that affected other people around you? Do you have, are your decisions like Andre the Giant that's just this huge, just, you know, it inconveniences everybody? You know, somewhere this morning, we serve a mighty God. How many of you guys know that? We serve a God, we read the scripture, he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And the amazing thing is that as you, you know, live your life and you might think back and you say, man, I've got a series of bad decisions. My life has been a bad decision. And somewhere you begin to think about all these things. Can I tell you that God can make everything right for you? Can I tell you that God in our Bible, he teaches us that he can make things work for the good of those who love him. That somewhere God can begin to help you, shape you, mold you, can begin to break generational curses, can begin to break all these different patterns that the reality is we have created. But our scripture tells us how we need to do it. 
our scripture reveals to us what we need to do. And I, let's, let's go back to Joshua chapter 24, um, verse 14 and 15 and this morning. You can say amen when you're there. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 says this. says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness, right? But check this out. This is the rule right here. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you, whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But check what Joshua says. But as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord, the best thing your children can hear, the best thing your friends and family could hear is a made-up mind. It's when you express, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You guys can do whatever you want. But for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That my decision, my mind is made up. You can follow me. You can, you can go with me. We can go to the promised land. We can see what God has for us. But my mind is made up. To serve God. I want to move on to my third point, And that is making a decision to put away your father's gods and serve God. There was a smart aleck kid who tried to trick an old man. You guys ever met smart aleck kids? He was trying to trick an old man. He told him this. He said, I have a bird in my hand. Is it alive or is it dead? He knew that if the old man said alive, he could crush it and prove him wrong. He knew that if he said that, he will open his hands and let it fly away. In his mind, he thinks, you know what? I can, I can trick him. I, can, I got him. But the old man, being wise, was not easily trapped. He said, the answer is in your power and in your hands. It is what you will. Turned it around on a smart out kid and actually taught him something about life. Can I tell you, listen, you have a bird in your hand, and it's called life. You can crush it. You can crush it or you can let it fly. That's somewhere, listen, you might, you might try to pass the buck. I mean, you guys know some of us, we're experts at passing the buck. We know who to blame, right? Oh, no, it's not my, it's not my fault. It's my father. It's my mother. We're so, we're so easy to blame other people. But the reality is that even though if you do pass the buck, as much as you try to, it is your life and it is your choice to serve God or to not serve God. You know, the reality is this morning is that you can come to church or you cannot come to church. Right? Am I making, am I making sense this morning? Am I preaching? You can serve God or you can or you could just say, you know what, Pastor, I don't want to believe what you're saying. You're crazy. I don't want anything about what you're talking about. I'm just going to live my life like everybody else. You can do that. You have the right to do that. This is what Apostle Paul says. Everything is, is right for me. Like I have this right, but not everything is good for me. That somewhere you, God has given you this free will. I want you to read this scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And I'm going to try to help you guys out to, um, this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And I have this in the New King James Version. I don't know what I gave you guys. This, or the sound, or Jerry. Anyway, Philippians 2, verse 12. <laughs> Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Check this out. It says, 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know what you know what Paul did right there? He told everybody, you're responsible for your own salvation. Can I tell you this morning that when we die and stand in front of God, you're not going to have pastor there. You're not going you're, you're to have the church. To, you know, somewhere it is you and God, and it is your relationship. Somewhere you have to work out your own salvation. It doesn't matter the culture that you grew up in. It doesn't matter how many times you came to Bible studies and services. You have to work out your salvation. You know how that works in our benefits? Is that if you work out your own salvation, you become a great influence for the people around you. So how do you work out your own salvation? Where a scripture says it in fear and in trembling. Well, fear of what? What about fear of the consequences? You know, there's people who mess up their lives so easy by the sin they get involved in. So easy. Open all kinds of doors. An alcoholic by 13, 14 years old, addicted to drugs. You know, their, their life is just going down the drain because somewhere they're, they're making these decisions. They don't fear the consequences. Fear of a holy God. Can I tell you, listen, throughout the Bible, God killed people. Can I preach that this morning? Throughout the Bible, God dealt with people. We read it all the time in the book of Genesis. I preached on it before. He was meeting Moses to kill him. He drowned a bunch of Egyptians one time. He said he pushed a reset button on the world and drowned the world. That's the, we, somewhere we have a wrath. A, you know that God has a wrath. That he's going to judge sin. We believe in that. Amen. I know we serve a mighty God and he's good and he's gracious. And where sin abounds, grace abounds more. But let us not ignore the fact that he is a just and holy God. And he judges unrighteousness and wickedness. So we must put away the gods of our fathers we must put away our old ways we must put away who we used to be we must not try to take the same bad decisions that our parents did it is our decision say with me ours our decision to choose who we are going to serve you know each and every single one of you guys obviously we have adults here that have their own home but so you, you have your own kingdom you have your own reign you have your own home. You have a say-so in your life. You know, Meng Tzu said this. He said, men must be decided on what they will not do. And then they are able to act with vigor in which they ought to do. In other words, you got to have some convictions. you got to know certain things. I'm not going to do that because I'm a father. I'm not going to do that because I'm saved. I'm not going to do that because I'm a Christian. I'm not going to do that because, because God's looking at me. He's watching me. Do we still believe that this morning? That God is in heaven watching our lives. You know, the Bible says that is, it is the, it is this, uh, fear is the start of wisdom. That somewhere we know that God is watching every single step of our life. When you're sitting at home by yourself and you're thinking you're in secret and nobody knows what you're watching. God is watching. We must put it away. Again, Joshua 24, 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away, say with me, put away. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. What does put away mean? Does it mean to store it? 
save it, put it, take it out later? Does it mean to organize it? Does it mean to disguise it? You know, this word put away comes from a Greek word, which is sir, which means to turn aside, to abolish, to avoid. It even, think about this, it even has to do with beheading. Depart, to depose, in other words, to completely do away with. Put it away, take it away. I'm done. I'm not going to make the same decisions. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to listen to music that edifies my spirit. Amen? I'm going to read the word of God. I'm not going to speak the same way my coworkers speak. I'm not going to laugh at the, at the crude jokes that they laugh at. I'm not going to be perverted. I'm not going to support the things this world supports. I'm going to serve God. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. And I want to kind of give you a definition of what our father's gods are. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, or at least we'll back up this term right here. You can say amen when you're there. It says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. This is why we don't do rosaries. Because somewhere this is what the Bible says. Amen? You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. See, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll allow other things around the world to influence you into idolatry. You begin to serve other gods. Serve the God of NFL. Serve the God of NBA. You begin to serve the, the Kardashian God. You know, you begin to serve all kinds of media. You want to be like these people. This is what you do. God of culture. The God of success. The somewhere this is what you're living for. This is all that you do so that I can make some money. So that I can buy a house one day. So that I can have some land with my last name in the entrance. Family sins and curses many times is what our decisions create. But God can break those curses. How many of you guys know that? We can learn from our mistakes. Can you learn from your mistakes? Can you learn? Can you look back in life and begin to say, you know what I messed up that time? You know it's one of the saddest things to see in people, especially in young men and women, is that they constantly make the same decisions. Same mistakes over and over again, in and out of prison, in and out of parole. And in some ways, the same thing over and over and over. It's a cycle. Idolatry. Don't allow anything to, you know, somewhere you're going to have to not allow anything to take the place of God. Some of you guys know that God deserves nothing more than our life as a sacrifice and devotion. Not only must you put away gods, but you must serve him in sincerity and in truth. You ain't fooling anybody this morning. We're all messed up. You ain't fooling anybody. You ain't fooling God. But what God is asking is that somewhere you must be sincere with him. You must be sincere. You must be truthful with him, not hiding anything from God. The worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You know the decisions you made. Not only that, but you have people around you who might be telling you things. 
God might be speaking to you. How many of you guys know that God pursues you? You know, when I was a sinner, man, I, I, I was never comfortable in my sin. There was always people trying to bring me to church. I mean, if you guys can, can, can agree with me, there was always somebody trying to pull you to God. Somebody, there was always something there. There was always somebody there. You must believe God's truths and his promises. So this morning, my challenge to you is, will you make a decision? Will you make a decision to say, I'm not going to be like everybody else and I'm going to serve God? Joshua tells him, he says, if you find it evil to serve God, well, then figure it out on your own. Go and see if you're going to serve the, the gods of your fathers or serve the God that I serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's your decision. It's your decision. Can I preach this morning? Maybe you guys know that, that you know what, if you, if you want to go to hell, you can go to hell. That's just, that's just what the Bible says. If you decide, if you want to, you know what, I want to serve God, then you can, you can make heaven your home. It's a simple decision to say, you know what, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to seek and pursue you. But if you reject that, that's your choice. You can live the life that everybody, you can become a statistic. Another divorce coming up. There's another addict, just another, you know, just on and on, all the statistics. Another depressed person driven by anxiety. Just join the rat race like everybody else. Or you can say, you know what, God, I'm going to serve you. My house, my home, you know, my family, we're all going to serve you. That's the decision that I make. Can you make that decision this morning? Can God speak to you this morning? Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.